Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. Luckily enough to have a tag team partner for this one. Nom, how are you, mate? Yeah, doing very well, mate. How are you? Look, you know, we've been going through. It's the off-season. Obviously, there's no footy at the moment. World Cup's nearly done. Uh, we're into the test matches. Some of the American sports are running. So, look, I'm missing my league. Uh, so always thought it's nice to jump on and have a chat with you. So today I thought we would go super coach. It's been a while since we've touched on it. We've done mainly some NRL this off season. I just want to give you some nice quick layups today. I want to give you five players, Nom, and you're going to tell me, are they going to break into the super coach superstar club and become a top 20 super coach player? So if you're ready, mate, let's dive into it. I'm going to give you one of my preseason favorites for this season. Do you think that Sam Walker from the Sydney Rabbitohs, will, sorry, the Sydney Roosters, I should say, <laughs> will turn into a top 20 supercoach asset this season? Oh, Sam Walker. Look, I think he definitely has the potential to. I think uh, with with Sydney Roosters, they obviously sort of had a um, had a very slow start last season. And, you know, I, I, I think this year they can probably... Um, you know, meet our expectations that we had for the start of 2022, you know. Uh, I think a lot of us, I think both you and I included, thought, you know, Roosters would go top four. But uh, with Sam Walker, yeah, I think he definitely can be uh, sort of that round one or two pick. Yeah, in draft is going to be very interesting. He's, I think he'll have a good chance to keep the jewel this year that he had last year. He's going to be the goal kicker in this team. Um, there's no Takiyaho stealing any, any potential goals, so... It's going to be all on him. He's going to be the lead playmaker. I think he, he, he takes over Luke Keery as the lead playmaker this year. Uh, obviously got Teddy, another season of Suwali'i, and that forward pack, which when you look at it on paper, and I've been putting together the preseason pods, when you look at 8 through 13, Hargreaves, Cheese, Collins, Crichton, Tupanua, Radley. It's a very nice forward pack for the, to roll forward, and he's got lots of depths on the outside backs to spread it to this year. So I, I really think Sam Walker might be, if you're at the turn of a 12-man draft, you know, picks 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there you could sneak a Sam Walker and all of a sudden if the Roosters do fire like everyone thinks they will this season, then potentially that's a very nice Nico Hines S pick from last year. Yeah, you got the one-two punch of Cheese and Connor Watson coming off the bench. Um, so, and yeah, you mentioned, you know, their, their back line I'm sure that Luke Curie is going to play a more sort of um, distributing role, sort of like Adam Reynolds, whereas um, I can see uh, Sam Walker just racking up all the points there. Okay, that's an easy one. I think we're both in agreement there. Sam Walker, definitely one to watch. I think the preseason will be telling, make sure they get through unscathed, but he is definitely one I think we got marked on our Excel sheets for a high draft pick. Let's go to the next guy. I think there's a little bit more, a bit unknown, but I might be even a little bit higher on this bloke. So let's go to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, and let's go to Matt Burton. So Matt Burton, I think there was a few trades of thought last year where some people went really high, probably too high, and some people went a bit too low. I think this is the year you saw what he was going to do. You obviously got the big signings and Reed Marnie and really Army kick out to come in this year. Nom, is Matt Burton a top 20 player this year for Supercoach? That's a Matt, Matt Burton. I think... I think he would be on sort of the uh, tail end of a second round. So mm. I can see him just sneaking in there, that top 20. The reason why I say that, I think 
I'm not sure whether he'll be top 20 in terms of overall points, but I think definitely top 20 in terms of just the scarcity of the positioning players, you know, 5-8 in the halves. Um, I think that's where his value is in the top sort of 20. Yeah, I think the only thing that does hurt Burton is he will only be 5-8 eligible. I can't see him getting a center or a halfback dual there. So you would be looking, you know, if you're looking at the 5-8s, you know, you've obviously have Munster, if someone was, I think he's leaped Cody Walker, I would say at this point, you know, he's going to have the goal kicking as well. He obviously had his very down weeks last year. I remember there was a couple of 20s and 30s, but there was also some really big tons in there as well. So I think he's one of those guys, if we go through the four pack, as I think every time we talk halves in Supercoach, you got to look at that four pack, eight to 13, Luke Thompson, Reed Marnie, Tavita Pengai Jr., Vili Amakikau, Rima Fatala Marin, and Max King. It's a very nice forward pack. It's improved from last year. And the outside backs, you had guys like Avrilo, Kiraz, Casey, the Fox. There's some there's some depth there as well. And if Kyle Flanagan can nail down that seven role, all of a sudden Matt Burton can potentially really be the vocal point and kind of steer the team around. I do like Matt Burton. I think top 20, I'd love to say top 30. Like you said, he's right on that precipice of if you've got the turn at the end of round two, start of round three, anywhere from picks 22, 23, 24, five, six, seven, I think right in that range will be a little sweet spot for Matt Burden. He's a very nice captaincy option. I think this year, I think the dogs will be underrated in their draw. Uh, so I think Matt Burden. So right now you'll say a tentative no on a top 20. Yeah, I'm very torn. I'm going to say, I think top 20, no, but um, I think he'll be, he'll fall, probably fall in that sort of um, top 30. Uh, yeah. Sort of, um, we, we're talking about 12 men, so I think he'll be, you know, around that mid-20s um, sort of pick. I think I'm with you there, mate. Let's go on to one of my favourite players in the comp. Um, new surroundings this year. Wearing the fullback jersey. We're going to the Brisbane Broncos. We're going to go with Reese Walsh. Oof. So a couple of things to talk about with Reese. Obviously, coming back into this Broncos side. So he would not have the goal kicking, you would think, because Adam Reynolds would have that locked up. So unless Reynolds is injured, uh, and I'm not sure even if he keeps over Tony Stagg. So he may be second or third in goal kicking. Uh, I would suspect he's only going to be fullback. Um, I can't imagine him getting a 5-8 uh, duel there. And it's an interesting team that he falls into. This team... When you look at 1-13, to 13, besides Hooker, this is a very strong team. This is the strongest team he's come in since coming in the first grade. Nom, is Reese Walsh going to be able to, if Brisbane fire and do all the right things on the field, can Reese Walsh become a top 20 super coach player? I think there's a lot of things that have to, lots of boxes we have to tick if he wants to be that top 20 player. You mentioned, you know, without the goal kicking, um, sort of that question mark about going into his new system. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. And, you know, if this uh, Broncos side cannot, you know, capitulate like they did last season, towards the end of last season, um, I can see him sneaking in that top 20. But currently, based on, you know, how 2022 uh, panned out, I, I'm going to say no on this one. Look, I had a similar thought. I started with a no. I'm still leaning a no. But the one thing that does give me hope is, I saw what Tamari Martin and Tessie New did in that fullback role last year for Brisbane. There were some very strong games. I think Reese Walsh coming to a team. Let's go through the forward pack as we do with the spine players. Tom Flegler, Hooker, I'm unsure. It's either be Corey Pakes or Billy Walters, you would think. Payne Haas, Kirk Capel, Jordan Ricky, Patrick Carrigan. 
It's a nice forward pack. Second year, Ezra Mam and A-Ray in the halves. And then you've got, you know, Corey Oates, Farnworth, Staggs, Cobbo out wide. There's going to be a lot of options on Reese Walsh doing some swing plays. I think he could definitely push that 20-try uh, season with lots of line breaks and tackle breaks. I think the path is definitely there. I think last year, especially me, I jumped the gun thinking that he was just going to instantly vault into that top fullback echelon. Um, but I think this year he's much more set up. I'm going to lean a no right now, but it's not going to surprise me. If we look at about round 10 and Reese Walsh is like the third highest averaging fullback. That will not surprise me one bit. Yeah, potentially he could have a hot start like Gutho does every year. You never know. I'm going to go to a controversial one next. Let's go to our friends at the Manly Seagulls. And let's go to the number six, Josh Schuster, your boy. So I'm not, I'm definitely, I definitely don't think he's not going to get top 20, but I'll give you a slightly different question. How high would you be willing to draft Josh Schuster? I think with Classic, let's start there. I think he's going to be nearly bottom dollar. I think a lot of people will see he's going to be a dual. I can see him being the dual 5'8 second row. So I think it would be crazy if someone does not pick him as like their third 2RF on the bench because he's going to be basement price. In draft nom, how, what round would you go, I'm comfortable here with Josh Schuster? Yeah, look, there's definitely value in that classic, but in draft, I mean, he's burnt me because <laughs> a lot last year. Uh, I think I drafted him in third or fourth round last year, expected him to, you know, um, go ganker pastors. But, well, look, I've, I've heard whispers. I've seen reports that, you know, he's been training the house down. He's uh, the old train the house down. He's trained the house down just like Matt Morland was beginning of last year. Uh, you know, he missed the World Cup. He's shedding that weight. Uh, look, he does have a very, very sort of um, tempting dual position there. You mentioned 5'8 is always very shallow, second row forward. The earliest I would draft him, I reckon, I'm going to say around four. Whoa, around four. okay. Round five. You know, that's a decent draft pick. Round four, round five, yeah. Okay, look, I've been looking at it. They've got literally no depths in the halves. If it doesn't work with Josh Huston, it's, it's going to be Cooper Johns, who's on a train and trial, I believe, right now. And there's really no one else behind him. So it's not like a thing where they can go at six and go, ah, it's not working. Let's put him into the second row. He's got to work at six. Uh, you'll have a, a healthy Tom Turbo. You'll have a healthy Daly Cherry Evans. I wouldn't be touching him before at least round six, seven. And I think that's and that's even on draft now. If I'm in round six and he's on the board and it's, I'm on the clock, I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it because, yeah, the opportunity is there, but I feel like it was there last year as well. So, yeah. look, it's going to be a very, very fascinating one. I could see him, like I said, in classic. I think he'll be in 40% of teams to start the season. I have no doubt about that. He's going to be one of those real, as you're feeling your team to be the first one to put in the list. But, yeah, in draft, it's a real... You'd have to be really brave to go round three, round four. But if, if it turns out to be, you know, a good play, then all of a sudden you're laughing. So he's what I'm looking at. You know, we'll keep reading off-season reports, train the house down. He's smashing the time trials and all the fitness things. But if he can get on the field and stop getting rid of those silly passes out of his game, no looks, and in defense he can aim up, the sky's the limit, and whoever drafts him could be a potential game-changing pick. Yeah, look, we do have to remember that it's an Anthony Seabold-led 
Seagulls team, is, not Odessa is. Hasler. So uh, yeah, just food for thought there. Let's do two more, mate. Let's go. Let's go to the new team in the comp. Let's go to the Dolphins because I think that's going to be one of the teams this year where we're going to look at it and go, is there anyone you really want from the Dolphins? And I think there is. There's definitely some players you want. It's going to be depending on how far you can get there. Is there anyone who can actually get to a top 20 pick? I don't think so. So let me just open this up to you. I'm going to give you the team. I'm going to give you every player except Sean O'Sullivan, who I think will be goalkeeping for this team. And you told me who's going to be the best super coach option out of this team. So I'm going to give Hammer a fullback, Asako and Edric Lee on the wings, Aitken and Brenko Lee in the centres, Milford at six, and the front row, Mark Nichols, Jerry Marshall King, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi, Tom Gilbert. Out of those guys, I'm taking away Sean O'Sullivan because I think he kicks. Who would you want to draft first, regardless of position on team, to say you've got an open slather at round six, let's say? Who are you drafting out of those players for your first super coach pick? Well, you know, I love my spine players for my uh, draft night, and I'm going to go Jeremy Marshall King just mm. because, you know, he had a very solid season at the Dogs this past season. And um, uh, I think, you know, at Hooker, you're, you're going on base. You don't you don't need that massive upside. Um, that That's who I'm looking at for, from this team. Yeah, I've got two. I've got Jerry Marshall King. I think he will play 80 in this system, maybe, you know, 65, depending on if they bring Nick Arima off the bench in a dummy half role. I think Tom Gilbert uh, obviously played a really good season at the Cowboys last year. Potentially will have the duel again, second row, front row. Um, my, my point is, it's a team where when you think about it initially, you know, oh, I don't want any Dolphins. But as we get to rounds 7, 8, 9, 10 in a draft, there's quite a few players you don't mind plugging. You don't mind if Felice Kofusi or Kenny Bromwich is your second or third 2RF. You won't mind if Edric Lee or Ewan Aiken or Hammer is your fourth 2R uh, center wing. You know what I mean? There's there's some options here. I think it's going to be one of those teams where if they get off to a slow start or, you know, be a lot of players on the waivers, and then when that draw opens up a little bit, it could be very, very favorable. So definitely one I think a lot of super coaches are going to avoid early on, but I think there will be some definite value in them as we get uh, deeper into the season. I'm interested to see. Uh, we should we should make a market to uh, who in which round the uh, first offense player will be picked in. Actually, for our home league, that's a good one. I think there's definitely some Sean O'Sullivan lovers. Uh, I think Chris Dung is easily one of those guys to try and pinch him or his brother Anthony. So I think there's definitely going to be some dolphin love in the first. I could say three or four rounds, but then once that first one goes, I think it might be a couple of rounds we wait. Uh, but like I said. I think from round 8 to 12, you'll see the run of Dolphins will go. There will definitely be Dolphins picked. I have no doubt about that. So let's go to the last player here, and let's wrap it up. Controversial one. Let's go to my Parramatta Eels to finish it. I am telling you, this isn't a question, I am telling you, and you can agree or disagree, that Mitch Moses will not get near the top 20 this year. I think there is just... A lot of smoke with his contract talk and ex-players talking and million dollars a season. You'd never won a grand final. I think there's going to be a lot of that coming up. I Is his head going to be in it? Is he going to sign a deal halfway through the season that takes his mind off it? Was that dream run to the grand final going to be tapered down? I have a lot of questions, Dom. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Mitch Moses is going to be a top 20, will not be a top 20 player for next season. Sorry, that was uh, Mitchell Moses, you reckon? 
Mitch Moses not being a top 20 player. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think, uh, you know, from I think Buzz Rothfield reports that, uh, you know, he's had um, that million-dollar carrot dangled in front of him and he uh, hasn't quite taken that yet. So, you know, there's whispers that, you know, the Tigers are sort of uh, um, been, been reaching out to Moses. you know, got old Benji reaching out to him. Um, Parramatta Eels, you know, the met to the grand final, whether they can sort of um I guess go one further or sort of uh you know go go on that sort of streak. I, I'm not sure. So I think that's a good call, mate. Yeah, look, I think he he averaged 70 odd last year, finished 13th overall. I just think that was the best case scenario. I think Parameter had a really nice run, especially at the end of the season. If you look from round 17 onwards, his scores is 115, 65, 41, which was his low, 76, 98, 88, 43. I just think that. That was his dream, his dream run. I think it now ends. Like I said, if he resigns for Parramatta the next two weeks, that may change. And you know, the the carrot has been taken. It's not dangling over him. There's no, you know, we're going to lose our staff playmaker. But as I'm doing the preseason jingling of the comp, Parramatta is one I'm definitely looking at because I just it could go one or two directions. We can build on last year go strong and make another grand final, or it could be one of those ones where we're kind of clutching to a top eight spot in round 27. So for me, Mitch Moses is probably in an avoid. I think there'll be a lot of people who will pick him end of the first round, uh, you know, goal kicking a top four team. It'll be a very, you know, around pick 10, 11, 12, 13. But for me, I don't think he's a top uh, two round draft pick. I think he's going to be definitely in the rounds three and four. Uh, but I'm happy, I'm happy to be proven wrong because I want to fit, fit and fire in Mitch Moses, but that's just my prediction for here. All right. I've got a bonus question for you, mate. Okay. Um, Kaon Ponga. Oh, I'm glad you brought so, him up. You know, he's, he's got that, he's got that pedigree. Or, I mean, I'm not sure pedigree is the right word anymore. You know, he's always been first round pick probably up until last season, 2022. Where do you think he falls for 2023? Mate, it's a great question. Just going to bring him up quickly on the app because he was one I was thinking of bringing up, but I think I actually kind of thought he was that special. He can get his own pod. So he averaged 50 last year. Just a 50, flat 50. Very different to Kalen Ponga that we know. A lot of couple of low scores in there. Um, let's quickly go through the run here. So let's go from round, because obviously he didn't play a lot of the season, didn't finish out the season. Let's go from around 10. So he had a 53, a 79, a 72, a 7 against the Panthers. Absolutely just towed up. 86, 69, and then a 6 in that injury-affected Roosters game. I have not much hope for the Newcastle Knights this year, Nom. I'm just going to spoil that right now. I don't think Jackson Hastings is the answer to your problems. I would love to pick him. I really, really would. I think he's going to start a sub-500 this year, again, like he did last year. If he moves to the halves, does it change anything? Slightly, because he'll get a duel, but realistically, I don't think I could pick him. I think if, if we're talking draft, oh boy, a 50 averaging. At that point there, you're better off getting, you know, an Isaiah Papali'i or, you know, one of these forwards. I'm just thinking, where would you take him at a 50? Even if you bump him up, let's say 10, let's say he gets 10 better to a 60. Is that a top three? Is that a top three round draft pick, Nom? Is that round four, round five we're talking now for Kalen? 
with the injury history as well. We've got to factor that in, maybe around five and six. Like you said, the pedigree's there. But boy, if I again, if I'm on the clock in round one, two, or three, I'm definitely not doing it. I think last year I took him round two only because of the name factor and I was able to trade him within three rounds. Yeah, mate. I'm thinking at least round four. What are you thinking? Well, I'm must be. I might have my sort of uh, blue and uh, red lenses on, but I'm looking at a round three and four. Uh, okay. If, if I'm needing a fullback or a five eighth round three, Kevin Ponga, we know he's got upside goal kicking. I'm not sure actually with Justin um, Jackson Hastings there, but okay. Yeah. Let, it, let let me throw one more bonus question back at you, Nom. All right. so let's just let's just say the jewels stay as they are. You tell me yes or no. Would you take Caleb Ponga over this player? Let's see how far down the list we get. So Nico Hines, I wouldn't take him over Nico Hines. No, James Tedesco, no, Joseph Manu, no, uh, Clean Gutherson. Oh, that yeah. Oh. I don't think you would. Come on. Get those, get those, get those clothes, <laughs> Val. Come on, not with this Cowboys team. No. Dylan Edwards oh. in that Panther side. I don't think you will. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go Dylan Edwards if I wanted a fullback. Drink water in that yeah. Cowboys side. Oh, it's uh, uh, I think around that. I think I'd I'd go for Ponga over Drinkwater for the main okay. factor. Turbo? No, I'd stick with Turbo for sure. Latrell? Latrell. I'll stick with Latrell. Happenhausen? No. We're, we're, getting a, we're getting down a list, you know what I'm saying? This is what I mean. We're getting down to, you know, your Reese Walsh. You're getting down to your Will Kennedy, Xavier Savage, Jaden Campbell. This is... This is Nothing what I mean. wrong with Will Kennedy. Hey, I took him second round last I season. It. I get it, but those guys you just mentioned, you're probably not touching till round four. So I think you've got to look. I'm. I'd love to be wrong. I, I love Kalen Ponga. Uh, you saw if you could just encapsulate that last game of Origin and say Kalen Ponga do this every week. Obviously, he's a top. He's a first round draft pick, and he's challenging he's for the overall title. Like, that is, when he's on form and he can do that for 26 rounds, it's a no-brainer, but, you know, the concussion's a bit of a worry. You know, obviously having the origin rest in that Newcastle team, potentially a top-bottom four attacking side. I want to be wrong, mate. I really want to do, I think as we start getting through and do some more preview pods, I think Ponga deserves his own pod because once we get clear if he's playing one or six and what the makeup of that Newcastle team is, I want to come back to it because, yeah, there's not many players that can go from... Like, you know, one of the best super coach players in the game to now having a conversation of is fourth or fifth round too high. So it's sort of like your Viliami kick out his position where, you know, on his week he can get like two tries, five line breaks, but then, you know, otherwise his floor is very, he's a single digit floor player. It's, it's, it's very well said. I think it was three times last year. You could either pussy, you can slap the captaincy on him, he can give you 100, 180, or he can give you an eight. It just depends on the week. So, look, definitely one we're going to look out for, mate. But thank you for coming on, mate. This was a bit of fun. Good to talk about Supercoach again, and I'm sure we'll do quite a few more of these. Always a pleasure. I haven't touched Supercoach since uh, Cleary uh, pile drive. <laughs> uh, like in Dylan Dill bags, Brown. I think it was, yeah. yeah. 
Well, look, mate, we it's already we're nearly halfway through December, so we've got plenty of time. But I know the XLs will be starting to be created, and uh, I'm sure we'll start chatting about it more. So thanks for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.